0: I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something. They're going to give a lot of incentive and backing for a lot of institutions and organizations and places of employment to mandate. And that could be colleges, university, the military, organizations that employ a lot of people, some of the big corporations are going to say, if you want to work for us in person, you've got to be there and get vaccinated. And I think that's a good thing. I know I respect people's freedom. I, want to if I respect break people's free. freedom. If I respect people's freedom. I, want to break if I respect people's free freedom. freedom so if I respect people's freedom. I respect people's freedom. I respect people's freedom. I respect people's freedom.
1: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, January 24th, 2022. That was a close one. Thank you for joining me today. That opening clip is really interesting. I made that a while ago, and you might remember that because that was the clip. Ah, shoot, I'm actually blanking on the person who made that part. I'll have to look that up and get that in the show notes for the Taliban part that was on Twitter. That was the Taliban supposedly, not actually singing, but sitting there and they made the clip and, and made it look like they were you know, screaming for their freedom. It's a very controlled situation. There's a reason I did that today. We'll start with a quick foreign policy point. What's interesting is not only the illusion that is how that worked with the Taliban and Afghanistan and how it weirdly connects to what's going on in the Ukraine, but that what Fauci said there in that clip, I found very interesting. I didn't even think about that when I set to play it to start. What did he just say there? He was laying out very clearly back before it wasn't supposed to be discussed that we're we are giving financial incentives to the biggest companies to make the mandates happen. That's a big deal because realize they're over here trying to make the legal sitting such situation with the government mandate that gets shot down and everyone's, you know, we won. and was that even going to happen? I know they wanted that too, but realize that that what he said there was exactly the point. They've already set the table. They've already made sure that the big companies, the few of them that run basically everything are already going to make that happen down the down, all the way down to the small companies that are you know that's what's happening today. I find that to be really really interesting, but you'll see where that point comes relevant with the Taliban before we jump into this. But it's going to be a a shorter show today, focused on one primary point and a couple of peripheral points around it. And this is specifically around something that was posted originally on Substack, I believe, and then covered by uh, Gateway Pundit. And we're going to go into all the information for you around Alberta getting caught publishing information and then deleting it which in and of itself is a big deal especially with what's going on today with no coverage of it no counter fact check articles which are just becoming increasingly ridiculous and we have a point on that today as well in the counterbalance from the scotland information and ultimately what it shows you is that the the a huge it's exactly what we've already been talking about the way that they're playing with the numbers behind the scenes with the vaccinated definition with the 14 days before and after the shots and the two shots and it's getting ridiculous, and now with the up-to-date narrative being shifted, which is basically fully vaccinated, it's what it means, what happens to everybody who's before now? Two shots, 14 days before the third shot, it just opens up this impossible situation where they're going to be able to play with this data however they want to, and this today, one point, exposes how that's already been happening. There was a huge grouping, over 50% of the people in the vaccinated uh, category, who ended up dying in a period of time that they dictated was not supposed to be counted as vaccinated. In fact, it got dumped into unvaccinated. And this is everything we've been telling you from the beginning. Not just this one little part, but how this kind of illusion is being played out. This is one small part of a massive illusion. Whether or not everybody involved in every little facet of it knows the big picture. We've seen the PCR test, how that's been manipulated. We've seen the flu numbers, the pneumonia numbers getting lumped in. We've seen all these things happen across this situation. We've watched them get caught time and time and time again, lying about one thing, lying about where they got the numbers from, tweaking data and studies in very short, manipulated situations to counter to supposedly counteract random controlled trials of massive degree, which makes no sense. So today we're going to go through this fine point in regard to Alberta and show you why this is, at the end of the day, the whole thing in regard to how people, let's put it this way. Everything you need to know this is happening in the way that it actually is, is right in front of you. In fact, it is literally like pinned to your shirt and you're just choosing not to look at it if that's where you stand. So hopefully with an objective perspective, we can dive into this today with new people and maybe show them what's really happening. Now I'll make an interesting point as we go through this in regard to the person that I was referencing a moment ago with the Scotland data to show you just how lost some of these people can be. And I think it's because of how Invested they are in what they've already decided is the truth. Even smart people are just so, con- they will not let themselves be wrong. But we'll get there. Now, to start off, I want to make a really great uh, intro. This is why I played that opening clip. Just a very quick couple points on Foreign Paul. Really, not even a couple points. One point from Steve from Slow News Day, just uh, doing a great job over there. If you're not familiar with Slow News Day, I really recommend you go check them out in general. Doing a good job, very real, very down to earth, and just telling you what's going on. And this is this is a great funny picture that he shared today. And if for those in the podcast, I mean, I shouldn't call it funny to be honest. It's quite quite alarming. It's just amazing. It's it's funny in a cobweb way that we pretend that this is normal right now. Where your government, Biden's government specifically, but of course it was happening all over the place, is still pretending like we're fighting some white supremacist problem and we're going after the Nazis and they're trying to overtake our country. And then meanwhile, Biden is literally funding an openly, overtly white supremacist, white nationalist government in the Ukraine, the, the one that they're fighting for right now. Isn't that funny? As, they, as the narrative goes. But here, here's the, what Steve said. The progressive left likes to call us Nazis for asking questions about the official state narratives, but screamed to the clouds that voting for Biden was harm reduction. And here is a picture of those people in the Ukraine holding up Nazi flags and different white supremacist paraphernalia. Joe Biden just sent these fellows 200 billion of your tax dollars. Now, if you think, for, if you doubt this, now this is just a meme. I didn't plan to dive into this deep as I have before. But if you want to know more about the government of Ukraine, just take a quick dance into The Last American Vagabond or any other independent media that's covered it. It's very clear that they're exactly what they pretend they're fighting. And it, I don't even know how anybody who believes in Specifically, Biden's government or any form of our government makes sense of that. It happened under Trump, it happens now under Biden. It doesn't make any sense unless you realize that all of them are lying to you. And this is one big game. I just think it's crazy to me. But just to make a quick joke before we get started, as this for the podcast, it shows a little graphic, a little comic. Up top, it says in two big red buttons. One of them says, admit the vaccine doesn't work. The other one says, start war with Russia. And it shows the comic person underneath, they're sweating on which one he's going to choose. I just, not that I necessarily think it's that binary, but it's just kind of funny to see how easily these things are manipulated. And even though this is going to be short and it will be, stay tuned to the end because I have a great article from Caitlin Johnstone that I really want you guys to see and think about in regard to where we actually are right now and whether or not the dystopia we think we're fighting might actually already be here and might have already been here for a long time. And right now they're simply tightening the bolts on the cage they've already built around you. Something to think about. Not meant to be a pessimistic perspective. It's meant to be something, it's meant to be a positive from within a bad situation that we are waking up to what we've always been in and that is a positive if I've ever seen one. doesn't matter if you wake up in a bad situation. It's positive because before you had no idea you were there, didn't have the tools to fight out. Now we do. But before we get into the, the main part of the show, I want to make sure you guys read this article. I, As somebody who writes, uh, who uh, contributes to Off Guardian, uh, um, among a lot of other websites, who is going to be writing more for T-Lab now, his name is Michael Lesher, just wrote an article called Truth or COVID. Very simple. And it is outstanding. Probably one of the best articles I've seen on The Last American Vagabond, and that's saying something, and I really hope you guys will take the time to read it, sourced and cited in everything he says, and the bottom line is it really comes down to that pretty simple idea, truth or COVID, because it is amazing how obviously we've been deceived, especially when you lay it out in such a succinct and well-written manner. Please read this article, because it's just amazing how clear that we are in a bad way, but we're aware of it. And we just need to make sure we all collectively see that we all see it together, not just some fringe corner people. We all see it. We just need to recognize that we all see it. Now, to start off with something that sets the table for this conversation in regard to the shifting definition of what they decide arbitrarily is whatever they deem to be fully injected or now up to date, which is if you need any other example for how obviously it's going to shift that they use up to date versus any other. It's going to be whatever they say it is, guys. And as this says, and here, let me actually just play this for you first so you can hear her say it right out of the horse's mouth.
0: What you're working to do is pivot the language to make sure that everybody is, is as up to date with their COVID-19 vaccines as they personally could be, should be, based on when they got their last vaccine. So importantly, right now, we're pivoting our language. We really want
1: to make sure people are up to date. That means if you recently got your second dose, you're not eligible for a booster, you're up to date if you are eligible for a booster and you haven't gotten it, you're not up to date and you need to get your booster in order to be up to date. Okay. That doesn't get much clearer. If you don't have it, you're not up to date. You need to get it to be up to date, right? It's just kind of childish that they can't just be like, yeah, that's now fully vaccinated, right? The, the, the only reason you would argue that it would even be logical to not use fully vaccinated is because they plan on shifting it again. I mean, that's the only conclusion you can come to, especially if you believe they're being honest. Right, But then on top of that, we have to recognize that this is based on completely sh- flimsy information. Everything we've seen across the board, including all the studies that I've shown you, up-to-date current data around the boosters themselves and going forward is that they don't, last. Well, it's just the same thing as before. It's going to die off almost immediately. After two to three months, it's gone. Now, right now, we're going to do another show probably tomorrow or the next day. Around what they're trying to argue right now is the, the immunity that's coming from these injections. And even though right now they're showing that everybody who is vaccinated is still getting sick, they're simultaneously trying to argue that somehow they work now. And the immunity we just proved because the study says that they do actually have the not lasting immunity for every variant. Like, it's amazing they would even make that argument in the face of what's literally happening in front of us today. Like, we're going to ignore the reality because the new thing says from the CDC, right? Well, some of them do. As it says, they simply altered their terms so as not to scare the two-time jab from their side, right? This is an important point to me. They knew these people were on the fence already because they were confused. They were unsettled. It wasn't working for them. People like us were over here going, well, we're not going to comply. And seemingly the ones that weren't being affected. And so they know if they just immediately said, well, now you're no longer on you're unvaccinated now, and you have to get the third one or you're going to be considered not fully vaccinated. Those people probably would have defected, use a term you like. So they just shifted to not fully. Or excuse me, not up to date. So then they doesn't make them feel like they're in violation. It just means that, oh, well, I'm just not up to date. I see, I need to take the next thing so I can be up to date. It's less harsh on them, right? Especially since you don't want to call them the very thing that you've allowed them to demonize for two years. You can't call them unvaccinated if you've been letting them scream at the unvaccinated, right? This is all very calculated. Pivoting your language. Guys, these are propaganda terminology. It's You don't pivot your language. You evolve if it's pivoting, I mean, I I could go off on this forever. I know that the terminology parts of this get lost on a lot of people because it's subjective and it can be, but if you're really a student of how they act over all this time, it's very clear. They do this in very specific ways, but I put, oh, and it says, or the new term, meaning exactly the same thing, which is the point. They're exactly the same thing. And all associated with that, if you don't have the booster, right? So you are now kicked out of the club regardless of the term they're using if you don't have the third one, despite the evidence in front of us showing as I've made very clear that it doesn't it doesn't work, especially in regard to Omicron. But the bottom line is I mean you could all include these. I wasn't even going to go through them today, but it's showing you that it drops off immediately. All these are all preprint studies, but of course we're gonna oh maybe oh I wasn't gonna I'm not gonna look at it today, but the one I'm going to go over in a new a show upcoming is the preprint study that they're currently using to argue that it does work. Like, isn't that just fun? This is the one I'm showing you on the show. I won't include it. I'm going to go over it in a future show. But the funny part is we talk about the preprint. And I'll preprint. Oh, fake news. You don't understand science. And then when they get a preprint they like, it's everywhere. And every article everywhere. And look at the sterilizing immunity that we can produce. That's a preprint too. <laughs> I just, you don't need to see this because you guys all know. But I'm hoping to reach that one person that's going like, well, wait a minute. They do do that. <laughs> Why is that okay for them and not for us? It's just because they're subjective and they're manipulative. But. The point is that all of these, and this is the main one, shows you that in the second month and became small and insignificant in the third to fourth month. This is the booster they're talking about. Then they go on to make the argument that it's the same. The rate and magnitude of this booster decline is is mirrors the ones of the second. It's going to be it's going to be the same, which anybody honest could have told you that because shocker, you're taking the same thing. It's not new and different. You're gonna have the same result if you take the same thing. Here we are. So you're taking something that does not have an effect after multiple months, but they're happily shifting this over. That I said, and this is despite all the current evidence revealing that this too will drop off almost immediately. Meanwhile, natural immunity remains lasting, durable, and robust, likely for the rest of your life, according to the NIH, WHO, nature, science, science mag, the Lancet, and about 45 other places that I could list off that I've shown you a thousand times. Well, that's apparently undefined, according to Fauci, even though literally the NIH in January of 2021 said the exact same thing. <laughs> They're lying to you. If you can't see that by now, it's a choice. But this is the, point, the starting point because of how clearly this is shifting. Now, I want you to think about what does that mean? When you shift this definition suddenly, what about all the graphs out there? What about all the cataloged information that says fully vaxxed versus unvaxxed? What happens to those? Does that it's meaningless right because suddenly fully vax doesn't mean two anymore it means three unless they're going to then say well fully vax still means fully vax but we're going to need a third category for up to date but then neither of those terms mean anything and it's just about setting a, another m- point to manipulate data from and it continues to go forward and what happens on the fifth one what is up to date then what about the last up to date that are have graph you see my point this becomes impossible that's intentional in my opinion So once this shifts, everything before this becomes at least undefined, meaningless, I would argue. And then going forward, you then have to ask the question on all these graphs. If they say fully vaccinated, does that mean three? I know some of them have already done that. Well, some of them have already shifted to three and they're using that terminology. Some of them are still stuck on fully vaccinated meaning two, even though they include the third in their graphs, like Scotland. It becomes impossible. And yes, and like, like Star is saying, it's always been meaningless, but that's the point. And this just becomes more convoluted; it becomes extra difficult. And here brings us to the next point, the main point of today. From the Gateway Pundit, Alberta, Canada inadvertently published and quickly deleted health data exposing that more than half, fifty-five point five percent, in fact, of vaccinated deaths have been counted as unvaccinated. Now, this is a, this is not a, something you can dispute. The only difference here is that they're claiming, well, they weren't vaccinated because they got sick before 14 days. But wait a minute. So you're telling me they 100% got shot or shots in their arm because it happens in both ways one shot, 14 days, two shot, 14 days. You're telling me that those people who have verifiably have shots in their body, then die, are considered unvaccinated? That's exactly what they're telling you. you. I mean, you could try to make sense of that, but nobody honest actually thinks that makes sense. Because you have something new in your body. You could pretend it's safe and effective all you want. The point is you have something different in your body. Then something different happens. We have to figure that out. Or rather, factor that in, I should say. But going forward, and I'm going to read a part of this, then jump over to where they got it from. That's important. I want want you to see the original article. In yet another absolute bombshell revelation, the government of Alberta, Canada, exposed itself this week when it accidentally published damning evidence that exposes how the public health authorities have been manipulating the COVID-19 statistics. Now. I would have put, and this is not to make, I, I think this is a pretty good article. Gateway that does a reasonable job, in my opinion, but they are very partisan and can be pretty, I think anybody partisan falls into the trap of being manipulative when they don't mean to, and sometimes they obviously do. I'm not trying to decide which one they are, but the point is that this, just to make a quick point, instead of saying, exposes how public health authorities have been, it should be clearly that this exposes how, or rather that this shows how public health authorities in Alberta could have been manipulating statistics. Like if we're really going to be specific about it, because we can't prove it was intentional. We can't prove that, you know, there's a lot of things you have to argue there. So all I'm pointing out is to show that people who want to dismiss this will find those ways. And it's just why we have to be better. We have to constantly try to be as as irritatingly objective as possible. And that's the only reason that we're fighting through this, because we chose that path. Anyway, I still agree with that sentence, just to be clear, but I do think that's the truth, just making a point. But it goes on to say, after seemingly realizing what it had just done, the corrupt Canadian province quickly scrambled to delete the incrementing data off the website, which, again, I agree with, but I don't think we can prove that they realize they did this and, you know, and so on. But thanks to Internet sleuths like Twitter user um, Metatron and his Substack post, we have receipts. Now, I'll show you this in a moment. This is the next tweet that shows the actual information that he put out. According to its latest COVID-19 update, the Alberta government admitted to following the fraudulent standard that was in use by vaccine manufacturers during clinical trials, which is to ignore the adverse outcomes, including COVID infection, hospitalizations, and deaths. Because again, there's more than just those points. And this is something that I really want to talk about today. Four fourteen 14 days after vaccine administration no matter how many doses they have had. That's crazy. Now, again, factor in what happens after the second shot, right? Now you've got two shots. And how about you had two shots six months ago? Then you get a shot today. You're not considered up to date until 14 days after that third shot. Now, does that person get kicked down to the to whatever category that becomes? Unvaccinated? Not fully? I mean, the point is, what we're going to get to is, at the very least, Alberta's been caught grabbing all of those and jamming them into unvaccinated. So we should ask whether it's happening somewhere else, everywhere else. And do they even think that's fraudulent? Or are they just following what the authority said is the right thing to do? Because we know a lot of these people are just doing that because that's what they've been told is intelligent. Well, authority says, therefore I do. That's ignorance. Now it goes on to say, but instead of just ignoring the cases like the vaccine manufacturers, the corrupt Alberta government has been lumping them into the unvax. And I do not think this is the only place. This has been something we've been arguing from day one, guys, or of the vaccine administration. In other words, anyone who was infected was hospitalized or even died. In the two weeks following their first, second, or even third dose would be recovered or recorded as an unvaccinated case. Now, in the case of Alberta, this is the case. You can look this. I'm going to show you next. Some of them, I have to be clear, I've seen them, differentiate specifically between those characters, like one dose and 14, they, that has happened. So I, it's not everywhere, but that doesn't mean there's not plenty of other ways that same information could be manipulated, right? You can say one dose and so on and, and play it that way and be hiding information. And there's, there's a thousand ways that you should know by now that this can be manipulated. All we're saying, just like we are at the Scotland data, not that that guarantees everywhere else is the same, but simply that if, if this is happening, If we can see that they did this, we need to begin questioning everywhere else. If right now in Scotland, you have the the last report, which I'll go into again in a moment, not in depth, but just quickly. And it all shows you that not only is the majority of hospitalizations, deaths, and cases in the side of the fully injected, but that the per 100,000 risk is higher in every one of those categories. That's all we're saying. You can't post the data in California. You're dumb and say that makes sense. Because what is California showing that they think the risk is higher have anything to do with what Scotland is showing you? You see what I'm saying? We need to dive into Scotland and places like this and make sure we, if you don't know why that's happening, then some, that's it's not acceptable to just go, well, look at everywhere else. Especially when we keep catching them lying to us. Now, it says, in other words, anyone, oh, I read that one. And then it goes, and now, thanks to the now deleted data, we can tell exactly how many cases have been fraudulently manipulated by inadvertently, including the time from dose to infection for each of these events. And as it turns out, over half of the vaccinated deaths were added to the unvaccinated. Now, it goes on to show some of the graphs in here, but I want to jump over quickly first to this, which Metatron, actually, I forgot I wanted to follow Metatron, says you know you're right over the target when they try to cover their tracks by deleting the stuff from the web. Unfortunately for them, we've been playing this game long enough to keep the receipts. Here's looking at you and it shows you the breakdown, and we'll get into that in the in the actual article and the actual Alberta page, and then it shows you afterward, which is interesting because this is what it was, then directly afterward, it just got deleted. It was blank. And I've seen that confirmed in multiple different locations. Now it just has an updated different version where they removed the graph. <laughs> like it's just so obvious how clearly they don't want you to see that with no explanation. This is the graph right here. And it's gone. And I'll show you in a minute. But first it went blank. Then they deleted it and went back up. How do you not see that as dishonest? If it was a mistake, wouldn't they have said something? And if it was a mistake, why didn't you update it? You just removed the graph. But it says it's almost like you've got something to hide. Now here's the link. Great work. Catching this because clearly, even the Gateway Pundit caught it from their work. But here's his page Alberta just inadvertently confessed to fiddling the COVID vaccine stats. And it says, those who have done the slightest bit of research, really not a dirty word. And that's what's so funny to me. You'll see that again in this post from this person yelling at us about being right, doing research in quotes. <laughs> so it's just funny how research, like if you're not being told how to think, apparently that's now you're an idiot. In fact, it's the exact opposite. But people actually have been convinced that blindly following authority is intelligence. I can't say that enough. But it says they will know that there is no claim of protection after the first dose of the vaccine, a COVID vaccine. Despite the fact that that's actually not true in the beginning. In the very beginning, I thought I had that. link. see if I can grab it real quick. Yeah, look at that. In the very beginning. I was going to show this at a different date, but here you can see this article right here. Single Pfizer vaccine shot provides strong protection for those who've had COVID. That that's February twenty. This this is not true, but the point being is that they want you to think that they work, no matter one, two, three, four, whatever that it has an effect. But that's the understand what he's saying there is that they don't have a claim of protection. So all these people with one shot. They don't even argue that it's going to work for you, except for things like this. So imagine how you can conflate the vaccine effectiveness stats if you dump all the COVID events, cases, hospitalizations, and death that occur subsequent to infection within 14 days of the first dose. But again, factor that in with where we are now, what I just showed you in the beginning. Two dose, 14 days. Three dose, 14 days. All of that now factors in. and Everything been before that gigantic period of time where most of the problems are happening, don't get counted as up-to-date or fully vaccinated. The question is how the pr- respective states who are now being jammed into position of making these calls so everyone can dismiss everybody else, how they decide to factor all of those different categories in. Now it says, well, now we know for sure from the data published by the government of Alberta that that's what they're doing. Like everywhere else in the world they claim very impressive vaccine effectiveness by following the fraudulent standard set by the drug manufacturers. You know, the same ones that get caught lying over and over that pay out $2.6 billion in fines. We reported to you many times since 2009, right? All the different things you've seen that they constantly get caught. I think it was, what was the last one? we have shown you this a thousand times. Pfizer tracker, which shows you very clearly. Since the year 2000, Pfizer's been paid out over $10 billion in crimes, 75 different violations on things like safety-related offenses, healthcare-related offenses, or specifically off-label unapproved promotion, Drug or Medical Equipment Safety, False Claims Act, every one of these things, billions of dollars in fines in regard to, I don't know, lying about what drugs can do, lying about their safety, exactly those things. (laughs) Think about how crazy that is. And here we are taking their word. And of course, the manufacturers are the ones that set the standard as it says, following the fraudulent standards set by the drug manufacturers in the pantomime clinical trials, i.e. to ignore the adverse outcomes in the first two weeks post-administration. There's no reason that makes sense, unless they just tell you it does, and, oh, authority says, government said to, but then they go one better and actually inflate the unvaccinated numbers as well. And this is on top of dumping the events within 14 days of the dose two in the partially vaccinated as well. You can see the, this is just case. uh, This is specifically hospitalizations right there. 47.6% of these hospitalizations happen within 14 days of the first shot, the first shot for 50%. And that's being dumped into something else. Now you could argue, now ask yourself what happens with the people before the second shot or 14 days after the second shot or before the third shot or 14 days after the third shot right now. That's a huge fact. If 50% of that is just within that first time frame. I think we just caught the, or they just caught and we're reporting one of the most obvious manipulations, which by the way, don't, we've been in an undefi- undefined way framing this for you since the beginning, right? This is just Alberta, just uh, unluckily accidentally post the truth and expose this or accidentally post their mistakes and then came back and corrected them, which I'm sure they'll end up saying. After almost half of all COVID hospitalizations of the newly vaccinated occurred within 14 days, which means that they were treated as unvaccinated in the stats. That's a fact. Fortunately, they inadvertently let us in on the magnitude of this duplicity by also publishing the time from dose to infection for each of the events, thereby allowing us, as Gateway Pundit said, to recalculate just how many events in the first 14 days were shifted from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated cohort. Right so this is not hard to find out and I'm going to show you the, you can do this for yourself. Not only that but almost 80%. 80% of that occur within 45 days and at the point they make in terms oh, well at the point I think they make it a different point the point is ultimately if it happens within the first 45 days think about how relevant that is not only to the adverse events that are being shown to happen within months as has already been admitted but on the and the fact that this is the time frame of when this thing is supposed to be effective. Right? How many months are we talking about here? Two to three months. Look at that time frame. In terms of deaths, which in my opinion is the most important, the duplicity is even more severe with almost 56% of the deaths of the newly injected occurring within 14 days and almost 90%, 90% of all of the deaths we're talking about that are being reported as COVID-19 within 45 days of injection. As usual, if you are interested in public health information, you should be very wary of anything that comes from the public health authorities, which is then heralded by propaganda media and their other shills. Your life might well depend on it. I can't agree with that more. Now, he goes on to make some other comments in regard to the comments, like, for instance, he posts the case data as well, so you can take a look. Anyway, the bottom line is it's very, very telling. Now, you can read through this yourself. He puts all the sources down here, includes this in case they delete it, but let's go into the actual information for you. Here is the page, first of all, that's been deleted. Now I'm going to read you first to make this very clear, as it says right here, in regard to cases, hospitalizations, and death, it says that they're basic 71% of these cases, since, here, since this time frame were unvaccinated. And here's the most important part, or diagnosed within two weeks of the first dose date. Okay, so if you were diagnosed with this within two weeks of that first dose, you're not unvaccinated. That's pretty damn simple. But let's also recognize that there's a discussion to be had about whether or not there's a two dose and 14 days discussion because they are not, this is uninjected versus injected. So, you know, as a matter of fact, that there is a situation where you have two doses and 14 days and those aren't vaccinated. So I think it's pretty clear what they would be called. So we know that they're doing this. It's stated right there. And it also says the same thing for hospitalizations. 80% of them are people that were unvaccinated or Diagnosed within the two weeks from the first dose. Okay, so let's go back really quickly, and if we know that in regard to hospitalizations, as their data shows you that almost fifty percent of them happen within fourteen days, then we can jump back over here, and realize that that eighty percent of those hospitalized cases were in this time frame, or specifically were unvaccinated or within that time frame. So, if fifty percent of them, we'll look at that number difference. Arguably. 30% of these were people that were actually unvaccinated. Look at that. I mean, how do you, th- this is the pandemic of the injected and they're playing with the stats right in front of you. We know that people are having one shot and having severe outcomes right away that aren't tied to anything all over the place. They just decided to, to dismiss those like with the trials and everything else. 75% of the COVID deaths since January 1st were unvaccinated or diagnosed within 2 weeks of the first dose. So same point, if it's 55.6 do the math. It's only 75% of this, guys. You have a 25% of that total are people that were actually not vaccinated. This destroys their narrative, but of course this won't get discussed. It'll be a mistake or something else or Because they've decided arbitrarily that that 14-day period is not considered vaccinated. It just means they're not. I don't know why that would ever make sense to anybody. Again, it notes very clearly, doses administered within 14 days prior to a person's COVID diagnosis are not considered protective. As a result, partial or complete, it says right there, partial or complete vaccination categories only include those identified as cases over 14 days past their first or second date. It says it right there. Second date. So now we include very clearly without question, two dose, 14 days afterward. I don't, I I mean, if you're look, if you're going back up to the top and all, and you're arguing that all they're talking about here is one dose. Where's the second part of that? If 80, 80% of this is unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks of the first dose, what happens when you add the second dose in there and 14 days? how much you want to bet that gets down to less than 30%. I'm almost guaranteed is, or maybe zero. Hmm, I don't know. But the bottom line is you're being lied to. And they're openly doing this because they just deleted the graph that exposes this. Here is the most important part. Let me just open this. Oh, here, I can just go back to it. It's weird that it's, it's very large. Here is the graph and I'm more easy, easier to see. Here we go. Let me open it. There we go. So, Here's why this is important, and here I'll show you why they deleted this, because you can see the graph discusses number of days between first immunization date and COVID diagnosis. Look at the days. Look at how much, I mean, almost literally, The I mean, almost all of it happens at the very, within 20 days. But 14 days being the important part, the vast majority of the cases happen within 14 days. Same point down here, hospitalization, number of days between first immunization date and COVID diagnosis. And then it goes, and this goes, this is hospitalizations, and this is cases. Right. Look at the hospitalizations. It's even more condensed into the 14 days. Deaths. Same. I mean, that's dramatic. That's exactly the spike is well below 14 days. All of that gets counted as unvaccinated. There's a reason they don't want you to see this. Then again, add on two doses in 14 days, and the whole damn thing goes away. I mean, look, let's make this point clear on this graph, right? If you're talking number of days, uh, number of days between first immunization date and COVID diagnosis, that's 14 days. After that first shot, okay. 14 days, then you then you're good. Then you're supposed to go back and get the other shot and then wait another 14 days. Now, look the point being, almost everything you're looking at here happens within that time frame. That it just it's baffling to me. Now, here just to confirm this for you here is the live page. And guess what's not there? Look at that. Note time for immunization data, COVID uh, COVID 19 diagnosis date. Wait, okay. Well, I, I don't think this was there before. I'm just trying to, it says, t- note, time from immunization date to COVID diagnosis date. <laughs> and there's not, just that's it. <laughs> Hospitalizations reported are not due to immunization events. What? What a weird thing to jam in there. Look, I mean, there's nothing else there. It's gone, by the way. I guess that's supposed to relate to this. I don't know. But the pot. I thought maybe that was an update, but no, nope, it's not there. Bottom line. All we can see, first of all, is that they chose to hide this from you. That should speak volumes to anybody who's questioning what's going on. They post it, then delete it. It's inconvenient. Even if you want to argue, it's because anti-vaxxers were misrepresenting it, which is ridiculous. That is a childish argument. It's true, isn't it? Fight back with data and truth instead of just censoring, right? Because that's just what they do. No, they're censoring because it's inconvenient. But the idea that people... it's just so, it it confounds me when I think about this. There's no, it's like I'm trying to go out of my way to try to make some kind of logic about where they would stand. It's just obvious. It's just blatantly dishonest. And we know that. Now, before I go past that, I do want, I just want to give a shout out again to Joel Smalley for finding this information and, and catching it in time while they delete it and get in the archive. This is what we all should be doing because it's that clear, as I've said a thousand times, when they lie about this much, when they lie about everything, you can't you can't lie about something new without stepping on a previous lie. I mean, that's we keep seeing that, whether foreign policy or whatever. They keep getting stuck in a corner where they're like, shoot. We only, the only thing we can say to get us out of this corner is to lie and challenge what we said in the beginning. Hopefully, no one's paying attention to that. Now, going to the next part, I want to make a quick argument about the pub, the public health of Scotland argument, but show you a quick breakdown of tweets about how willfully dishonest people are being in regard to what we're showing. Of course, it starts with Mr. Peter Hotez himself saying, still looking, being uh, being looked at. Others say no, but I tend to feel that mRNA immunity may not be as durable as we had originally hoped (laughs) for. Even he's rolling back the narrative, and it's just so pathetic. Go back and look at the beginning of all this. He's the one screaming that you're crazy for not trusting everything they're saying, and now he's going, well, I don't know. Of course, responding to a tweet that's saying, should we be getting four doses? (laughs) It's just so frustrating. Maybe they paid attention in the beginning. They would realize that we already told you how this would go, but... Goes back and forth, and it's the sad reality is that the vax aren't creating the variants. That's not you know, the person says, that's not true. Variants are being developed by the if you try if you look at any of the data before this, it's obvious that's where these things came from. Mr. Groucho's ghost steps in and goes, <laughs> says nothing but posts a link. This is what I love about how these smug people that think there's you know, you don't you're not relaying what you think, you're posting what people tell you to think. Now, in some cases, posting a link may be valid. But just posting what Johns Hopkins has to say about it is not actually science. It just simply says what they tell you to think. If you were to post to the actual science where they're pulling that from, this shows, here's the proof of why that, that's different. This makes you ignorant. If all you're going to do is say, look at what Johns Hopkins said with your no comment smug post like that solves the whole conversation. It's just frustrating and stupid. Because reality, the reality of the leaky vaccine discussion and the multiple studies we've shown you, peer-reviewed and otherwise, from before all of this that say verbatim what we're dealing with right now, regardless of the uninjected unin- un- situation, is how these things create and how the flu vaccine has already been doing that and on and on and on. It's willfully ignorant. Well this person says, nice propaganda, sound wave. We, we know sound wave. And they go, I know. And here's my point. You did your research by reading Facebook memes. You see, the idea this person doesn't know this other person. They have already decided that anybody that disagrees just simply goes to Facebook and goes meme, fake truth, and sh- jam. It. Look at what the meme says: "You're dumb." I mean, you think you see, you realize how willfully this, I- ignorant that is. First of all, how do you even know? For how do, you don't know this person, but that's how this is the extent to this person's research, right? That that's just dismissed by a broad brush grouping. That's the epitome of ignorance. And this is the same way that you quote fact checkers do it. Look at this post over here with three likes. That's where they all got it from. No, that's where that post got our information from. They shared what we were talking about as we were citing the peer-reviewed science that backs it up. Anyway, research being a bad thing, right? But this person says, no, I've got got from non-paid propaganda sources and so on. Sources who exactly? And of course, Soundwave posts our site. Now, I would argue, by the way, you're never going to win an argument with somebody like this by posting our work, go to our work and find the source material that he's arguing isn't there and post that. I appreciate, oh, trust me, I appreciate posting our work because that's how we get the, the, the continued uh, viewing of the content out there. But my point being is these people don't care. They are just can't wait to dismiss without research something they've been told to dismiss without research, right? They don't love it. And I think that is a sign of intelligence. The point is, this person goes, I can see he's pushing the same misinformation as other free thinkers. It's just so funny to me. His blog has a highly misleading article on Scotland, which has a very high vaccination rate. Aha, and here we go. Good catch, this lady says. You're so smart. And I said, except... It falls apart when you care to look at the risk per 100,000, which is greater in every category for the fully fully injected. But don't let the facts get in the way of your narrative. Good thing you have articles to tell you how to think. I'll stick around. I'll stick to the source material. And what do they do? Post more articles and go, you're so dumb. Look at articles. As I literally tell them, look at how you post articles when I post source material. But that's complete BS, he says, when he posts the vaccination status of Switzerland. Okay. Okay, we're talking about Scotland here, first of all, posting Switzerland and going, see, you're so dumb. And all it is is a graph of vax versus unvaxed. Okay, and then the death of some undefined location that I can't find. It just and doesn't even show you the full graph, but I'm dumb. Okay, good times. But that's utter BS, he says. This person goes, it's absolutely BS. Here's also Switzerland information. I'm not even making this up, guys. And so I literally step back in and I go, geez. So I talk us, I talk Scotland data and you post articles in other locations. Let me help you. I'm sure you will find a way to ignore this, too, which they do, direct from the public health of Scotland. But at least I tried. Spoon feeding people like you is the least rewarding part of all of this. In case you forgot, here's the link to Scotland. I'll, I'll include that in the show notes. Here's the information. Now, look, Scotland is still calling two doses fully vaccinated, right? That's what we're discussing. Here's the breakdown between case or this is deaths, first of all, between the total number, which is obviously less than the uninjected, see, this is the injected, but then the per 100,000, which again is over, especially when you average it out from all the weeks. But in general, look at the, I mean, it's, it's, look at the last week in general, 7.62 versus 11.89. So majority more risk per 100,000 more. I mean, that can't get more remedial, can it? And, and as you should know from the past shows, it's the same on the other categories as well. I, it's right there, plain as day. He says, I, and I post this, and he goes, I responded to this already, and posts a link to fullfact.org. Not a joke. This is it, when, This is what we'll look at next, and you'll laugh out loud about what this article has to say. But, oh wait, I thought I had this lined up right. Where was it? There was a. There's more back and forth. There's one last point that I wanted to get at. I guess I have missed it in there. Bottom line is we follow up with this. Oh, here it is. Okay, and I just said thank you for making my point. I just said you didn't post what you think. You didn't respond. You posted what somebody else is telling you to think. Like I don't know why they can't wrap their mind around that full fact. And the fullfact.org is a garbage response. And then he goes on to post a bunch of other things. However. Once the over 70s were most vulnerable, it remains the highest in the world in regard to the unvaccinated. Again, because and this is not true. And I'm going to end again. We just literally showed you the most up to date report. So he cites what mainstream media says about what we showed you. And because they say you the opposite of what it literally shows you, I'm crazy. I'm wrong. And he goes, and this is the craziest part. I suggest you actually read the entire article, which of course we're about to. And I already did. As we've said before, this is what his response is. With so many people in the population vaccinated now, it's to be expected that a large portion of cases occur in that group. So he's still back on the majority, as if we didn't even point out that the per 100,000 is more. I mean, this is how impossible it is to break through with someone who either has their career invested in not seeing it, or somebody who is completely lost in whatever, psychosis, I don't whatever you want to call it. As I said, you clearly don't know me, as suggesting I didn't read it, already did, and I'll be going over this tonight. Here we are. As I said, per 1,000 risk, here I will post again. Feel free to actually look at it. Nothing. Okay, so to the point... Of bringing this up is to make sure, first of all, that you see that this is exactly where this is. I won't go over it again, but I want you guys to be able to reference this, have the data, not just be able to post my website, but post the actual source material that overtly shows you the dramatically increased risk of people, especially with two doses. Now, here's what the article says that he posted. Why might vaccinated people account for a bigger share of COVID deaths? Now, the absurd reality that we're here, and I've been telling you this would eventually come to this point. Remember, how does that get fo- get? out of focus, and we're sitting still, that we, we told you we'd come here. In the very beginning, the whole point was what? Of course, we're going to see the cases, right? Because yeah, well, there's more vaccinated people, but the death hospitalization, that's, you're not going to be Biden, Belinsky. As of very recently, you won't go to the hospital. You won't, die. Yeah, you won't do this. Well, obviously that's not true. And then and then eventually it came it came to the point where they said, well, well, that the hospitalizations well, of course, you're going to see more hospitalizations because there's more people vaccinated. They shifted that goalpost. They said, but the deaths oh, it's just super rare. You're not going to die. if You're going to. Here we are. It's it, it's insulting to intelligence to pretend that that shifting a goalpost is logical. Right. I mean, you can't jump all the way to this point and be like, well, of course, you're going to see the majority. So we have the majority. Like, let's. Taking for a moment moving aside the per 100,000 risk, even though we already know that Scotland's information shows you it's greater in that category. But putting it aside for a moment, the majority of cases, hospitalizations and deaths right now in literally any category you look at are in, oh, I shouldn't say that, the ones we can prove that we already have, Scotland, Ontario, Alberta, Australia, on and on and on and on are in the fully injected. Now, even if you pretend the risk is higher, which Scotland seems to challenge that, how in the world does that make sense with something that's supposedly working, right? Even their original claim would suggest it's not working, right? It's, it's staggering. But here's what the article continues to say. And this is what made me laugh out loud. The first part of it, here's the claim. In Scotland, the fully vaccinated account for nine in every 10 COVID deaths over the past four months. Well, this is coming from the expose, which they tried, they're they using to try to dismiss this. And, and this is what their verdict is. Broadly correct. It's more like eight and 10. So it's somewhere between eight and nine. That's actually what it comes out to. So they're rounding up, they're rounding down, but they're trying to, it's one, oh, they're kind of wrong. Not really. It's just a subjective point. I bet you it's 0.5 and they choose to round down. However you want to look at it. But bottom line is the vast majority they admit to deaths. People who have been vaccinated at least once account for around nine in 10 COVID deaths. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Nine in 10, 90%. Have we been t- reporting this for, mo- what, a couple of months now? Uh, every report that comes from Scotland will be on the next one, too. And Expose doing the same thing. An article from the, from the Expose claims, you know, it's always the blog, right? The same way they call the British Medical Journal a health blog. These people are so juvenile, it makes me laugh. Claims that fully vaccinated people accounted for nine in 10. Look, they start out saying claims. You just admitted that it was true. Anyway. Screenshots of the article's headline include this claim, have also circulated on social media. It's like they're trying to pretend that's crazy. That's broadly accurate. <laughs> okay, we, funny to me. Fully vaccinated people have accounted for around 8 in 10 over the period and at the same point, 9 in 10. The expose also notes that vaccinated people account for a higher proportion of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths than unvaccinated people. Well, that's very clearly true. As we've said before, and this is what that guy quotes. With so many people in population vaccinated now, it's to be expected that a large portion of cases, hospitalization and deaths occur among that group. Okay. But again, speaking slow for the guy Groucho over there. If the majority of numbers, this is cases are on the side of the fully injected and the per 100,000 is dramatically higher in the case in regard to cases, higher on the side of the fully injected, that's cases, hospitalizations. And again, we've averaged these out. Not in, doesn't matter. The bottom line is, first of all, the last two weeks are obviously higher, 60, 40 versus 40, 30. But when you average them together in general, it's still higher. So you have a higher risk, higher risk. Like, I don't understand how this article contrasts what contradicts what we're saying. Same point here. Just look at the last one, 11.89. So you have a higher risk. In every category and the majority, but this article claims to dis to debunk the expose by just arguing that argument, despite the fact that the very report they're pointing at literally shows the risk is higher. How I mean, how is this even possible? Other than there are people willfully dishonest in this situation. But it goes on to say that it points out that vaccinated people account for a higher proportion of deaths than. Of infections and hospitals, it questions why the trend is not reversed. In fact, bottom line is, like I've made before, even if the risk was higher, this still shows you that it that it's not effective the way they claimed it was from the beginning. And then you add on the other parts of this. And this is something I want to be made very clear before we move forward. I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. This is a, a shift in the way that they're they they just got caught how they've been manipulating the data of vax versus unvax, but factor this in. They're only talking about how this reduces hospitalization and death in specifically COVID cases. Now, I I pretty clearly think that's not true. Data is more than enough to show you that that's questionable. But let's just say hypothetically that does, and just for the sake of conversation. So even if it does reduce your hospitalization and death, even if that's the case, we know, as a matter of fact, that it increases your risk of hospitalization and death for a litany of other issues myocarditis, blood clots, ho- all sorts of other things. Those aren't being de- categorized as COVID-19. So all you see in things like this, which we'll just point out in a minute to make this point, you know, this is in the UK data. All you see is stuff like this. And it's only talking about cases, deaths. Par- oh, oh, this is hospitalizations, cases, and deaths in positive COVID-19 tests in those categories. You see what I mean? So so right there, you know that they're manipulating vaxxed versus unvaxxed. And now we also found out just recently because of the other post that they shifted this to three doses versus unvaccinated, which is, and when you look at the two dose situation, it shows you the explosion of the problem, which is exactly what we're seeing everywhere else. That's why they hid it from you. The point though remains going back to that main point that if we're, we're only talking about that in the context of COVID-19 and acting like if you Only look at it that way where you can argue that it reduces those things to what degree. I think it's obviously small, but then I also don't think that's even valid, but you're factoring in all the other problems. So when they say that it's your risk is better, they're pretending like they haven't admitted myocarditis is a problem. They're pretending like they haven't admitted that there's blood clots and strokes and heart attacks. And I mean, an, an endless list of super rare problems that can very clearly lead to hospitalization and death. So why aren't we factoring those things in? Because they know that will give you the picture that shows you that there's more problems happening on the side of people that are injected, just going forward, the doubling of cardiac event risk, the increased, or the actually the dysregulation of the immune system for 50% of the people that get the injections. That goes on to all sorts of other things. Maybe you get cancers. Maybe you get all, I mean, those things aren't factored into that graph. So you see what I mean when it's there, there's a huge portion of problem there that they pretend isn't actually there. Now, going forward on this, they go on to make the same point. The vaccine uptake has been the highest in these groups and so on and so on. So it says, so that might explain, this is the end of it. So that's their argument. They don't know for sure. They don't have data that counteracts what we're saying. They're just going, well, here's some possible things that may mean what you said. And this is what he posts. And he says, I may want to read the article. Maybe he wants to read the article. So that might explain why a relatively high number of cases but low number of deaths are among unvaccinated individuals. That might explain. Good fact check. Lots of young unvaccinated people are being infected but not dying. This may mean the numbers look different when examining overall populations. Oh, you mean like we kept saying we should have done from the very beginning? saying you shouldn't break this down into a general average, that you should break it up by age. And they said, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. And then that got them to where we are now, where you pretend everyone's got the same risk. And now we're starting to differentiate after the injection. Well, that's pretty self-serving and very unscientific and ignorant. But apparently not when you have your, you know, earmuffs on. I don't want to see it. So it's not that it's, it's not true that the data suggests that the vaccines are actually making recipients worse. Yeah, it very clearly is true. And by the way... They only said suggest as well. So what do you mean? It's not true. So you're literally saying these these possibilities may explain this, so therefore it's not true. (laughs) I don't even understand how an intelligent person, that's probably my point, would walk away going, there's your proof. As they don't even come to conclusions, they hypothetically suggest things, then say that's why it's true or not true. Wow. There are genuine reasons why the trend may be as observed. Then they go on to say there's no evidence vaccines make infections worse, except literally the evidence directly from Public Health of Scotland that literally suggests the risk is higher. But, you know, we're fake news over here. So who cares about the actual statistics if this article called Full Fact, which I've never even heard about, says otherwise? Guys, this is impossible. I mean, people like this will refuse to acknowledge it when all they when they just go, well, just post an article. Therefore, I'm right. Article says infuriating. But again, don't forget as we've showed before over here that this is the point in regard to the risk of getting an infection. Even the UK shows you the almost double your risk of getting the infection if you've had the injection in most every category, which means you're then spreading it continually because that is what they continue to show. Which means they can also get unvaccinated people sick. It's weird they don't talk about that. But that's all they, they just want to hide this from you. Then we can factor in the removal of two doses the manipulation of everything else, and probably see very easily how these things get manipulated to argue that you're at higher risk. But at the very least, all I'm saying, I've said many times, that if this is there, if they're not going to address it, I think that shows you all we need to see. Especially as we see Alberta get caught hiding the proof that this is happening, all in the category of the in early injected, and they're jamming that into a different category. Then don't forget what we already showed you. And here's the, stu- the title page, Vaccine Effectiveness Against SARS-CoV-2 Infection with Omicron or Delta, Two Doses or Booster, Danish Cohort Study. As we've shown you before, it's very clear. And this, I believe, was the one that Ezra Lant tweeted out before anybody I saw. that shows you, and here's the breakdown of Pfizer, that once you go after 30, after three months, you literally end up in negative efficacy, which means you have an increased risk of catching Omicron. And blue is the Omicron discussion. Here's the actual data breakdown right there on the table from the study. 76% negative. That means that after three months to 150 days, you have a 76.5% chance of catching Omicron. An increased risk. Even over here on Delta, they argue that that your efficacy for stopping went down to, or just reducing symptoms, excuse me, went down to 538 Moderna went below fifty, but remember that went to thirty-nine. Or uh, which one was it? Oh, this isn't the right spot. But in this same discussion, I thought that was on here. In any case, went down to thirty-something percent, which should have removed the emergency authorization. Different conversation, but just shows you how they don't care about even their own rules. But it increases your risk, which may obviously explain why these people are biggest problem. And also points out that after thirty days or shoot, ninety days, three months. These problems are getting worse, and that's not even being factored into the conversation. They're arguing, and this is my point about all the other problems, if they are getting sick and that's being called called other things, dismissed as something else, not going down as COVID-19, and then you also add in the blood clots and everything else we're talking about. Like, there's a huge situation here that their data even shows you is happening that they're just refusing to acknowledge. That's the problem here, guys. And as I just found a really great thread that you should check out for yourself. This is a, her, this count is called Rare. I believe they started this recently. Uh, oh, I got it right here. Oh, maybe I don't. This is the actual page. And let me see. Uh, yeah, yeah. They started recently specifically for this situation. They retweet real people with rare reactions. With, you know, rare count 10, 10.5 thousand and counting. Scroll through them and see for yourself how rare they are. Now, the reason I think this hasn't been manipulated is because they're retweeting people who are, like they're not, there's, it's, it's arguably not, they're just retweeting it. That's it. Now, maybe the tagline can get them in trouble, which is, I don't know why that would be the case since they're only showing you what's happening. I just love this. And I really hope you, you should check out They're Just looking through the feed, as, oh, here, here's the main thing to read. I've retweeted 10.5 thousand posts from those who did the right thing to protect others, in quotes, but were harmed in the process. This isn't just a sore arm. This is heart failure, stroke, clots, paralysis, blindness. I make sure our people are, are heard, not hidden. And look, just go through it for yourself. I don't have to do it. Go through these and listen to what these people are saying. Listen to what they're actually dealing with. Look at the problems they're showing you and testifying about. Look at this kind of stuff and you'll be blown away. The kind of stuff that is very clearly happening that is being dismissed out of hand. It's horrifying, but go through it for yourself. A good A good account to follow. And this was a tweet that I just read. I just did it backwards. <laughs> so going pa- going from there, here is another tweet, another post that just came out talking about the rare effects as we sp- end the show here getting vaccinated doesn't affect your fertility they say <laughs> this is january 22nd we're going back there again now but getting covid might might for men might which is <laughs> this is just so frustrating oh you could have the most like 0.01 possible we don't know for sure but we're going to report about how it could maybe possibly maybe maybe do this one day And dismiss a very clearly documented problem by saying, well, maybe over there for men down the line, if they get COVID. And this is the same kind of absurd sidestep that people keep doing. They know, well, if you get COVID, the risk is higher for myocarditis. Well, you have to get it first. And the risk is low for most people. And the risk after injection is dramatically high. They've even admitted that. They just pretend it's higher for which I still don't even agree with. But it's higher after COVID. You have to get it first. Like, I even had one in here. I would forget if I uh, put it off or something later. I'll probably talk about these later in another show. Yeah, here's one. Aunt Benjamin Norton is losing his mind in regard to COVID. Anti-vaxxers are people promoting vaccine hesitancy, Warn about heart inflammation, but the risk of myocarditis infection. Just literally copied and pasted this from mainstream media articles. It's higher from injection versus COVID. And all I said was, this is willfully ignorant. The risk following injection is instant, whereas the claimed risk following COVID is only present if and when they catch it. I don't know why I have to spoon feed this to people, which for children is staggeringly low. Then we can address your willingness to blindly take at face value government claims, right? Mr. Anti-establishment, blindly taking what they tell you. And then I put, you are advocating for something that exponentially increases a child's risk and adults for that matter of myocarditis, along with all the other acknowledged yet dismissed risks. When even a non-serious case CAB, damn it, can increase your mortality by up to 56% the next 10 years. Just want to include that. Here's the link. Or wait a minute. Oh, are you serious? Did I seriously not include the damn link? How did I forget that? I had it copied. I, damn it. That drives me crazy. Hold on. Here we go. Because you know that the, that bothers me. And of course, I, I had I remember I had it copied and everything, and I forgot to post it with the tweet. Too much going on. <laughs> but going back to it, because so we could post that real quick. Where was that? Here we go. You guys, th- this is an important one that people ignore. Like, if, if you have this kind of a risk, where it says non fulminant so non-serious, you can look up that word for yourself. It's non-serious, active myocarditis has a mortality rate of 25 to 56% within three to 10 years owing to progressive heart failure and sudden cardiac death, especially if symptomatic heart failure manifests early on, which is what we see. The point being that if they go, oh, it's just, it's not serious, don't worry. Well, there is no such thing as a not serious case of myocarditis or not serious heart problems. Even, the, even the, non, the non-fulman active cases could potentially increase a child or adult's risk by 56% of dying within 10 years. Why isn't that discussed? This is a massive study, peer-reviewed, doesn't matter. That's the problem with this stuff is they are willfully trying, refusing to acknowledge what they're looking at. But back to this point about fertility. And this is the point was how they're comparing it the same way, but getting COVID might for the same thing. How can you compare that? How can you literally compare a hypothetical that you have to catch, then get sick, then have complication versus something that you're getting immediately, which causes the risk immediately. They, they I mean, they're not, they know that's a sidestep. Now, here's the point here's the study itself. COVID-19 vaccination does not reduce chances of conception. Study suggests, suggests, oh, it's funded by the NIH. Who could have guessed? COVID-19 vaccination does not affect the chances of conceiving a child, according to a study by more than 2,000 couples that was funded by the NIH. 2,000. Wow. Now you can read through this for yourself. It's interesting the things that they would say. Couples had a slightly lower chance of of conception if the male partner had been infected with SARS-CoV-2 within 60 days. Right. A slightly lower chance. And that's what they go on. Then go on to argue that there's nothing that suggests this. And you can go through this. Here's the point. Now I might go through this in in more detail. I just wanted to make the quick point to show you this stuff again, to reiterate what's actually going on. First of all, this is a study. Page 17. Don't forget. Table of contents. This is SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine. Biotech. And, the, and this is the study about where the lipid nanoparticles specifically ended up in your body. Here is the breakdown, or at least the part we're showing you. Total lipid concentration. Now, remember how dangerous these things can be. We just went over the lipid nanoparticles in regard to, or just nanoparticles in general, and how these things can hurt you. On top of that, remember that they keep screaming at you that it doesn't go through your body. That the lipid nanoparticles, which contain the mRNA instructions for spike protein, only go in your muscle and only do the one thing, and then they go away. That's why they keep yelling at you. Except here's literally the data we showed you from day one that shows you that's not true because it shows you the lipid nanoparticles up to 48 hours later being in your pancreas, in your pituitary gland, in the prostate, in the salivary glands. But the important, and look how many others there are there. The most important one was 23, dramatically higher than everything else in your spleen, but also your ovaries. Where was it? There it is. 12.3, the second highest grouping. So this ends up in your ovaries. mRNA, lipid nanoparticles with mRNA instructions, potentially for spike protein. Yeah, and the this, and this spike protein itself. And all this stuff ends up through your body. But that's concentrating in your ovaries and your spleen. That's alarming. But that's not the most important part. But of course, that leads to exactly why we think this kind of stuff is happening. And here's the next report. And this is to show you the main page. Report from the European Medicines Agency, from March 11, 2021, COVID-19 vaccine. This is specifically Moderna, but you'll find similar reports from the same discussions, and this is specifically about the mRNA injections and what they found. And under the category of reproduction toxicity, guess what they found? Intramuscular administrations of the mRNA injection to female rats was associated with non-adverse effects, first, including thin fur cover, swollen hind limbs, and limited usage of the hind limb. Now, you could argue with rats that what this may translate to to humans might be different, but it's something, non-adverse events. But there's, you know, we all know there's effects that hurt people. They pretend that's normal and it shouldn't be. But mRNA, the injections uh, related non-adverse effects were limited to an increase in the number of fetuses with common skeletal variations or one or more rib nodules or one or more wavy ribs. So you have literal skeletal manipulation which you know growing with wavy ribs or variations of one or more rib nodules and I don't know why that is okay but they act like that's non adverse but here's the most important part the this is the overall pregnancy index in these rats was numerically lower in the grouping that had the injections 84.1% compared to the control animals which means they didn't have an injection which was 93.2% but that remains within the test facility test facility's historical control range, low range being 75%. Well, fantastic. So we have a 10%, almost 10% reduction, an almost 10% reduction in fertility in the rats that got the injections. But because it didn't go below 75%, well, gee, then it's not reportable. I think women would think differently. Don't you think that women out there would like to know if they'd have a 10% reduction in their fertility? potentially, I think that a more, a a 25% or lower reduction should matter. That's just me though. Guys, that's unequivocal. Now you can argue that they think it's not relevant, not statistically significant, whatever, but you can't then make this argument. It doesn't affect your fertility. Fake news. There's no way around that. That's literally fake news. It says, apart from that, no consistent adverse adversities were observed in the male and female. So uh, apart from that thing we just told you, a, an almost 10% decrease in the pregnancy index for people that had the injection. That's incredible to me. But... They keep lying to you because that's what they do. Here's the NIH pumping out their quick study of 2,000 couples. Whereas this was a massive study of the trials and everything else, which is way bigger than that. But let's point to the one they did real fast after the fact. And this is why we have things like this. Researchers studying reported menstrual changes because it's fake news, right? Not real, but we're going to research it, look into it, or hospital links pregnant women's death to vaccine. Because, you know, if a pregnant woman dies, I kind of like to think that that also relates to reproductivity, doesn't it? or the telegraph saying why didn't doctors listen to women about the link between this exact situation that's very clearly happening that nobody wants to talk about or uh, oh this oh this was again that's the point i actually had this little this is what that should have been next if we see this happening and this is they're telling you we linked it this did happen they died because of the injection don't forget they're telling you over here right now mainstream getting the injection doesn't affect your fertility meanwhile Here's what they're telling you on their research about the injection they claim doesn't do that. Use in pregnancy, the safety profile of the vaccine is not known in pregnant women. Right. So we don't know if it's safe for pregnant women, but we're claiming overtly that it doesn't affect pregnant women. Because that that's included in fertility. Isn't that incredible? Now you could specifically make the argument they're only talking about whether or not you're, you know, the, the gestation or making the baby to begin with. But the bottom line is obviously. If pregnant women are taking this and it's affecting their ability to have that baby, that affects reproductivity. Does it not? The safety profile of the vaccine is not known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. This is the most recent report from November 2021 about this information. They don't know, and yet they're pushing it on them anyway. Same with immunocompromised patients that they're pushing it on first. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known. How is that possible? Or how about the fact that the long-term study of the safety of this injection is not known? Right. Because they gave them all the injections in the the control group. We don't know. They won't know for two more years. They pretended they know though. And they lie to people. They don't know if it's safe alongside flu vaccines. But they're doing it anyway. All this information is right in front of you. Frail patients with comorbidities. They don't know. That's old people. How incredible is that? Now finally, I want to read this on the way out, guys. Because this is so incredibly important. This. I think has hit the nail on the head. This is from the 21st, Caitlin Johnstone. Consider the possibility that this right now is already the dystopia you fear. And it's not meant to be something that makes you pessimistic. It's meant to make you realize that we're waking up from within something that they never, I don't think they ever expected us to fully realize. That's what I keep arguing. That's what I keep trying to argue. We need to see that we're already there. Now I could be wrong. But really what's the harm of ha- of fa- of failing on the side of or or you know leaning into the argument that we are there. Kind of the argument that if we like if you knew we would already lost and we were going to fail no matter what would you just give up and sit back? I wouldn't. That's not in me. Now, I'm not trying to say that's the only reason I'm saying that. I genuinely believe that. I mean, there's so many examples of how obvious it is that we are the majority, it, at the very least in regard to the COVID situation and why we're pushing back against the mandates. They just don't want you to see it. And it is, it is nonpartisan. So right now, the point is that we're waking up to that. We're beginning to recognize the panopticon that's been built 20 years ago. And that's making them, in my opinion, desperate. So if we realize we're already there, I think we can truly make a difference, but think about that and recognize that maybe we might not be fighting off what they're building, but we might already be lost in that. And which would dramatically change the way that we fight back. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm just going to, I want to read this to you guys. So consider the possibility that the, here, I can just do this too. So makes it, I guess you don't have to read it along with me. And this is, a, oh, and you guys just saw it. I just love the picture and everything. 1984. So consider the possibility that the Orwellian dystopia you fear is already here and has been in place for many years. You just haven't noticed because you're still allowed to watch Netflix or, or buy a gun or say whatever you want to say within a small, impotent online echo chamber. Right. This is the point we keep making that, you know, yes, we are here and we're saying it and you're listening. But it's very controlled. And the, the question should be asked whether or not you would be here if you didn't already know where it was and know where to look and know how to follow it. Because we're in this corner screaming to people that already know we're there. What about the person who doesn't know we're there and is over here going, you know, in counter information or, you know, all the other perspective or do vaccines hurt you? Or, you know, this broadly searching the internet and getting jammed into the mainstream narrative and they think that's all there is. That's how that works. So yes, it's not just you're being shut down entirely, but of course we're being censored, we're being relegated to certain corners, and at some point that could effectively work if we don't reach those new people. But she says, consider the possibility that the powerful are already getting everything they want from you right now, exactly as things are, and that any suspicious action you see them taking isn't them constructing a cage for you, but them tightening the bolts on a cage that was quietly built around you for some time now or some time ago. Consider the possibility that while they're while they've been training you to watch out for communism or microchips and overt totalitarianism, they've been covertly transforming us all into mindless gears in a machine constructed to serve their interests, which challenges them in no way, shape, or form. Now, her argument there is, and I agree with this. These are buzz terms. Communism is not that there isn't problems in every type of government, in particular communism, that can be driven into what we've seen in the past. But I don't. I argue many times that it's not just communism. It's democracy. It's any other form of government that can be driven into a top-down control. Look at where we are right now. This is the most totalitarian situation I think we've seen in living memory and supposedly democracy brought us here. That's the ploy, right? But microchips, for example, I keep making that point. We got people and talking about microchips and you got big shows out there holding up. the look at these gigantic things they're trying to put. That's the fake news. That is the thing that gets you looking somewhere and then stops. The reality is the smart dust level information that they have 20 years ago and how that might be being used today. But they get you looking for communism and microchips and things that they want you focusing on that are characterizations, clownish characterizations of what's really going on. That's how that works. Consider the possibility that tyrants have evolved in understanding that you can exert a lot more control over population with mass scale psychological manipulation than you can with overt force and that they have been developing the science of that mass-scale psychological manipulation for over a century. Consider the possibility that we're like a woman who always feared winding up in a physically abusive relationship, like the kind of de- uh, depicted on television, and then excuse me, wound up in a psychologically abusive relationship where her very mind is bent to the will of her abuser in every way. Consider the possibility that just like in a psychologically abusive relationship, we're manipulated into believing things are fine, and that We give our abuser everything he wants of our own free will, and that any problems that arise come from us and not our abuser, and that we are so well-trained at this that we've even learned to gaslight ourselves. That's such an important point. Consider the possibility that governments forcefully seizing control of all media and transforming them into official state propaganda outlets would actually be far less efficient at mass brainwashing than our current system in which people believe they're getting accurate information from a free and honest press. This, I made a point in our Discord a moment ago, right? There are plenty of people out there that may not even be aware they're being used. So we can't just argue, well, they're all doing the best they can, and we should all do this together. I do agree that we're fighting this together. This is a this is an issue that we need to, you know, bridge gaps as opposed to go, well, you're, you know, on a different path, sort of like the 9-11 devolved into. But at the same time, just like with 9-11, there are people within this that are willfully deceiving, working for governments or shills or however you want to frame it that use the truth. So we can't just go, yeah, you know, look at Tucker Carlson over there working for the truth. I don't believe that's what they're doing. So pointing things out like that, again, it's not about saying we did it first. It's about making sure you're recognizing that there are people that even unwittingly are focusing on the gigantic microchips and they're misleading you in ways that they're not even aware of. That's why it's important to continue to point these things out. And that's the point that people believe that right now. And I don't think that's what's happening. Which is exactly why we say question everything, including this show and everybody else you watch. Consider the possibility that if the powerful were able to surgically implant microchips in our brains and control everything we think and do, what they'd make us think and do would not be significantly different from what the overwhelming majority of us already think and do. Take a minute and reflect on that. That's pretty crazy to realize. And that's people just, they think they're doing what they, it's exactly what she just said. You're doing what you think is the right thing, and ultimately you've been conditioned to do so in many cases. Now, consider the possibility that the dystopia we've been worried about has already been ushered in, not from any of the directions they've been conditioned to anticipate, but through the simple fact that the human mind is far more hackable than we've been conditioned to believe. We just played that clip from Harari talking about exactly that. Consider the possibility that while we've been trained to fear communism, authoritarians, uh, communist authoritarians taking over and forcing us to obey their will, capitalist authoritarians have had us marching to the exact drumbeat they desire for generations. And we only think this is freedom because we've been trained to think that. Consider the possibility that you've been trained to believe freedom looks like being able to buy a gun, which we all know you'll never use against the powerful, or choose from 997 kinds of potato chips at the grocery store, when really that mindless consumption is just you turning the gears of your own prison. Consider the possibility that freedom, that real freedom, Isn't being able to consume whatever advertisers have convinced you to consume. It's being able to think with a mind that has not been molded by the powerful, to educate yourself in an information ecosystem that is not locked down by those who rule over you, and to speak the truth without having your speech stifled by oppressive dominators. Consider the possibility that the only thing keeping us from creating heaven on earth is our inability to clearly see what's going on in our world and thus strategize a truth based path out of this mess. And that the powerful know this, and that that's why they work so hard to keep us from seeing clearly, and I would argue, bridging the gaps between the illusions of the parties. Consider the possibility that the real obstacle to terrestrial harmony is not so much opposing ideologies as the fact that all attempts to see clearly what's really going on in our world are being actively obstructed by propaganda, by Silicon Valley manipulation, and by government secrecy. Consider the possibility that the bastards succeed not by overtly quashing dissent, but by covertly quashing all will towards dissent. That's so important. And that we succeed not by trying to ward off a dystopia that's already here, but by working to awaken the giant within our brothers and sisters from its propaganda-induced coma. And I would argue, and also by overtly quashing, or excuse me, also overtly trying to ward off dystopia. Right. I, agree. I We can't stop trying to fight it off, even if we think it's already here. That's the same point she would make, but I'm just making sure that's clear. Finally, consider the possibility that free, real freedom means all of humanity awakening from our dehumanizing role as brainwashed gear turners for the capitalist machine and uncorking the wild, unpredictable brilliance within us that our oppressors have worked so hard to keep bottled up in every single one of you. Consider the possibility that there is so much more to us than we've been permitted to know. And that the only thing keeping us from achieving our true potential as a species at this point in history is a propaganda-induced misunderstanding of what is freedom and what is slavery. As always, she just knocks it out of the park. I mean, it really is outstanding. And it's so exactly where we really are. I wanted, I was just thinking I wanted to play one more thing for you guys. Find it really quickly. Let's see. There you go. Let's see if we can play this clip real quick. I have it on my. Oh, well, actually, never mind. I deleted YouTube. But here, let's, this, I want you to listen to this clip real quick. You might have already heard it. This is a clip from, I think it was, yes, yeah, it's right there, 1964. Sproul Hall, University of California, Berkeley, December September 2nd. Listen to what he has to say. Now, I actually just repeated this at a recent spe- or a speech a while back, but this is exactly what she's talking about about, you know, not just passively allowing the machine to work, but in fact, taking action to stop the machine.
0: There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious. Makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus. And you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at
1: all. Hmm. I guess we just clipped out the one small part but that's the main part and that's that's the speech. I mean and that's the idea guys. Throw yourself on the machine. So the machine stops working at all. I mean really that that's where we are. Now that in my opinion that does not mean standing in the way of traffic. I mean all you're really doing is hurting other people. Not that there's not ways that can be used. My point is that we need to think about what the machine is actually doing and how the machine actually operates and how we can actually do take action to stop that. I'm talking real world, foreign policy, locking you down, putting you know, restrictions on COVID passports. That is where we are right now. It's time to start thinking that way. So thank you for tuning in today, guys. I really appreciate your time and thinking for yourselves. You are winning, regardless of whether this is a planned fortification or not, you are winning. They know that because it goes back longer than just this situation. This, this situation was an attempt, I think, to grab you and really take control at a time when they might've been losing some of it. It's because of you, because of what you've done. Now I want to read one last thing on the way out here that I thought was really important that I think this, it just speaks to (laughs) so many different things. And this is something that was really, it's really powerful for me. Now, my grandmother gave me this today. This, if you can just see, I'll read it for you. That's me when I graduated high school. My grand, my late grandfather, and my grandmother. Now, I gave a just to give you a brief, brief background really quickly. I was when I was in high school. I went through a really bad way, fell into you know using drugs and every you know like many other people, and actually dropped out my junior year. And it, it was devastating to me when I kind of came to realize I didn't want to be in that position and wanted to correct it. I, I spent six months in the summertime with uh, homeschooling and made up an entire year because I wanted to go back, made that year up, went back to school, graduated that last year, and gave the closing speech at graduation. I'm very proud of that, not just because I or I think that you know school and, and the and the politics around that aside that I wanted to do so and I fought my way back because it meant something to me. I thought I lost this speech. The something when they were filming it, the film got lost at the graduation. I was, I never got to see it. I never, I lost the speech somewhere along the way and I thought I lost it. I never found it. She dug this up somewhere and gave me this yesterday. I want to read to you what it says. I gave this speech in 2001 when I graduated high school. It reads, I've had quite the experience here at CASA, learned many lessons, made many mistakes. The funny thing is, the mistake I regret the most. It's not appreciating the time I had here until it was almost gone, and now I wish I had that all back. To be a new little incoming freshman again with all the dreams in the world, excited about all the adventures to come, with such hope in their eyes, such enthusiasm, I tell myself there are so many things I would do different if I just had the chance, but I don't, and I can't. What I can do is make sure not to make that mistake again. If I could pick one thought that would stick with all of you throughout your experiences to come, it would be to plain and simply live in the moment. Live each and every day as if it was your last. You see, because the moment you begin to take anything for granted is the moment when it will all pass you by. You don't want your entire life to pass you by simply because you are always looking ahead for the next opportunity, missing the wonders and memories to be had right in front of you. Although we are all uh, sad to be leaving our beloved high school memories in the past, this was merely a stepping stone in our lives. And whether we realize it or not, our lives begin today, not end. We have everything ahead of us. Everyone will be going their separate ways, beginning their separate lives, and hopefully accomplishing their separate goals. With every class that graduates from the school, people always ask themselves one question. How will this class change the world? Will they even make a difference? I ask you now, go out and make a difference. Do something so that when people look back on the class of 2001, they say, there's a class that changed the world. And you know what? I think I will. No, I'm still trying, and that's the point. Doing everything we can to affect change in the world around us, and it's something that was so, for whatever reason, was stuck in me all the way back then. And my hope is just to give you a little bit of that—the the the drive to go out there and change the world around you. As much as they've tried to make that very sentiment to be lofty and undefinable and unreachable, it's exactly because they know you can. As I think Margaret Mead said that. Uh, if I can re- actually remember that quote really quickly, that's a great one to end on. Let's see. It's one of my favorites that I've referenced many times. I should actually remember this specifically, but it's just, this is, this is exactly what I'm saying. And what I should, if I would have known it then, I would have written in that speech, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed individuals can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Margaret Mead. So let that sit with you. And please share this information with other people and get them, hopefully, hope help them realize that we can change everything. It's just about accepting that that's in the cards. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Oh, and last thing. This was a new clip made uh, uh, in regard to the money game Song that I put out, and somebody played the, sent me this clip, and I think this is going to be our official video for this, so I just I believe i 'm forgetting all of a sudden, but i I think it was Thomas I, I forget the name, I will circle back and make sure I give them a shout out, but I just been keep forgetting to play this, so last out with this song and the amazing video that he made for us, and realize exactly what this is showing you that it 's just about us coming together and realizing that that power is within you. I love you all as always. question everything. come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
0: I see all the people led into deception by the very men found. Blinded by the promises Unknowingly sold despair So leave your herd of sheep And follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends The world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game I'll become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The Revolution now, it's happening all around you, if you cannot see, pull aside the curtain and see the war machine, it's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare, to arm your fellow man, it's become destructive to its own end world that you knew has changed around you it's all become a money game it's all become a money game it's all become a money game are you ready for are you ready for are you ready for now, it's happening all around you, if you cannot see, pull aside the curtain and see the war machine, it's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare, to arm your fellow man, does it's become destructive to its own end world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The Revolution Now it's happening all around you if you cannot see then pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare. So arm your fellow man they become destructive to their own ends. World that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are they ready for? Are they ready for? Are they ready for?